This is Comscope Crosstalk. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Mike Reardon. The Bixie Fall Conference in Las Vegas is just a few weeks away. Perfect timing to talk about the challenges currently facing the ICT industry. Our guest today is John Daniels, Chief Executive Officer of Bixie. Welcome to the podcast, John. Hey, Mike. Thanks for inviting me. No, thank you. I'd like our audience to get to know you a little bit as quickly as possible. And I find something that resonates with people in getting to know each other is the subject of music, specifically taste in music. With that in mind, what would you say is your favorite song or album or band and why? Yeah, that's easy. It's uh, Boston, Don't Look Back, and their album, Don't Look Back. That's uh, one of the first songs I learned to play on my bass guitar. So there you have it. Oh, nice. You play bass guitar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and again, that was one of the first songs I played and or learned to play. It was, um, I, yeah, I still get excited when I hear that song today. Oh, Boston. That's a classic. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I saw him a concert once too, which was pretty cool. Oh, nice. Nice. That's great. That's great. All right. Good. Hey, thanks for sharing that. So listen, you're the CEO of Bixie. Tell me a little about your background and how you came to Bixie. Yeah, it's a bit of a long story, but I'll try to condense it as much as I can. Um, I started out, I guess you could say, in the military. I spent 20 years as an Air Force uh, uh, veteran, um, five years enlisted, 12, 15 years as an officer. During that time, I had the opportunity to really get involved in IT, information technology. Uh, I was able to finish my computer science degree while working in the Air Force. Uh, I was able to work as a chief information officer for hospitals and health systems while I was in the Air Force, learning a lot about IT and actually doing some of the work that uh, our customers, our members do, which is running cables and terminating fiber and copper cabling and that, installing new cable plants and that sort of thing. So after you know working as a civilian in my second career uh, in IT, working around the world, uh, advising hospitals and health systems on how to, to use IT to take care of their patients as best they could, I realized that one of the things that um, I think challenged the healthcare system is being able to focus on the infrastructure that all of these new technologies and various medical information systems set on top of uh, and 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 getting those systems to work. I've seen too many IT implementations fail as a result of an inadequate uh, infrastructure that it sits on. So then uh, this Bixie opportunity came along, and it's squarely in 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 that space where this organization is focused on that physical foundation, that infrastructure that is uh, making sure it's done with. Within industry standards and uh, according to industry best practices, and make sure and making sure that whatever infrastructure is put into place, that any technology, all the new technologies that that organizations might uh, pack on top of that infrastructure, will work as expected, and they'll be able to achieve the goals and objectives they're trying to achieve. So. Uh, the two come together really well, and I've learned a lot leading up to this point. And at this, you know, today I'm having a great time uh, realizing sort of the full circle of of everything that I've done up to this point. Oh, that's great. That's great. Now, as an industry leader, you have a unique vantage point of challenges that are impacting this industry, right? What would you say are some of the biggest challenges facing the ICT industry right now? Yeah, that, that's a great question, Mike. There's actually a lot of challenges facing our industry right now. 
but I would specifically call out the shortage of skilled labor, which is probably exacerbated by other challenges such as the aging workforce or, in, in the words of others, the silver tsunami that's coming our way. Uh, rapid technology advances, increased competition, and the push to extend broadband access to rural communities, you know, like running fiber out to the boondocks. Mm. And that's just the name of a few of the challenges. But I, And I wouldn't suggest that these challenges are unique just to the ICT industry, but there are other challenges we hear about in other industries that also affect, impact us in, in the ICT industry, like supply chain disruptions, cybersecurity, compliance with evolving regulations, um, DEI, and the very wide-ranging topic of sustainability, particularly the environmental impact of all the work we do to connect the world, mm. such as, you know, where does all of our waste end up and how are all the, the raw materials we used harvested and processed? So, you know, that list could go on, but given the limited time we have, mm. I think what I want to do is park on the skilled labor shortage issue for just a minute. Okay. I'd, I'd say that this challenge may be one of the more difficult ones for us to tackle in ICT, particularly in the installation segment of the industry for several reasons. I already hinted at some of the contributing factors earlier, like the aging workforce and the rapid pace of technology uh, advancements, particularly around the convergence that's happening right now between the electrical and the integrator trades. Or, or maybe a better way to put it is the the increasing overlap that we're seeing between these two trades, which then increases market competition. So it might seem you know a little counterintuitive to think that this trade convergence or this overlapping could result in a skilled labor shortage, but that's where we find ourselves today. There's a lot more to be said about that, so maybe you and I can talk about that on another podcast one day. Sure, but absolutely. But for now, I'll just say that the companies that are out there trying their best to do all of this ICT work and keep up with the technology evolution, they're struggling to find enough skilled talent that they need on the job sites. And this means they really don't have the flexibility to take any of their employees out of the field or off the job site to attend any upskill training programs. They're running against deadlines for getting the job completed. They're trying to win new jobs to make sure that, you know, to ensure the viability of their business. And then when you pile on top of that, the challenges that come with a high level of competition for that limited pool of skilled talent, that then leads to having to pay higher wages to attract the skilled talent they need, sure. which, of course, is a great thing for the folks who are already skilled and experienced. But it puts a financial strain on the businesses because they have to make up for these additional expenses somehow, either through increased customer pricing or, or finding creative ways to reduce their expenses without you know, inadvertently shortcutting the quality of their work or mm. skimping on the jobs that could result in um, you know, impacting their reputation negatively. So it, it's almost like a proverbial downward spiral or, or the sense that it's you know, a never-ending challenge. And I think this is where nonprofit associations like Bixie come in. And I emphasize nonprofit here because we're focused on the needs and what's best for the ICT professional and not on making a profit. That's a good point. And that is, you're right, that is a huge challenge. I mean, we're seeing it in all facets of our life these days. But specific to this industry, what is Bixie's response to this challenge? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that because uh, Bixie is one of my favorite subjects. So sure. uh, I like to, in response to these challenges, the way I like to describe it is is uh, through uh, with a three-legged stool. Uh, so 
the way we respond to this is is through this three-legged stool that has a solid trust-like system of supporting functions. We like to refer to it as the Bixi program triangle. This triangle consists of the Bixi standards, the Bixi training, and the Bixi certifications. And then the supporting the, the supporting trusses or the supporting structures include uh, Bixi's library of industry uh, best practice manuals and field guides, and the 40 plus Bixi conferences and events that we convene uh, for all the industry stakeholders around the world, giving them the space and the content they need to work together on finding innovative solutions to these challenges. But I think the glue or the rivets or the nuts and bolts or in our industry vernacular, the cables and terminators that connect these three <laughs> legs together sure. are, uh, are the industry professionals themselves who write the standards and they determine the content for training courses. Uh, they determine what goes into our best practice manuals and our field guides and then they're setting the certification eligibility and actually writing the certification exams. So we affectionately call these individuals Bixie volunteers. They're the ones working in the industry by designing the infrastructures and working on the job sites and managing the ICT projects. So, in, you know, essentially, I think it's safe to say that these volunteers or these industry subject matter experts, they're the ones that are responding to the challenges and Bixi is just providing them uh, with a platform to get it done. The, the other thing, Mike, here I'd like to call out uh, specifically is, is related to our standards. Um, Bixi is an accredited international standards development organization. So this means that we're following very strict requirements and we're following the same standards development best practices as other well-known standards development organizations that you, know, you think of like UL and, and some of the others in creating and maintaining the standards used within the ICT industry. So the information then that's contained in the standards forms the foundation of the other two legs, which is our training and certification programs. That's great. And John Bixie's leadership role in the ICT industry is indisputable. It really is. So Thank you. Finding, <laughs> finding solutions to the challenges is one thing, but leading the conversation, what is Bixie doing now to not just find solutions, but to actually lead the industry through these challenging and changing times? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, and and actually we have a lot going on. I, I just talked about the the Bixie program triangle, but we also have a gold mine of thought leadership that goes into each of the angles of the triangle. So the enormous amount of content that bubbles up through this triangle from the extremely talented thought pool that that we work with, um, which again is made up of all the volunteers in Bixie, but that's what we use to inform the entire industry from. The manufacturers to the suppliers, from the designers to the installers, from uh, you know, and everywhere else along the supply chain and the trade continuum. These there are several platforms we use to deliver this this thought leadership. And I'll start with Bixie's own events. Most folks already know that you know the two two of the major conferences we hold each year happen in Vegas and typically in Orlando, but there are many other events we organize and support around the world. And these include ICT forums that are on a smaller scale, but held in the backyard of various communities. And, and we hold a number of virtual forums and webinars for those folks who, as I mentioned earlier, aren't able to get away from the office or the job site for an extended period of time. We also support what we call endorsed events, where we contract with with an event organizer to convene um, ICT professionals in faraway places like Malaysia and Singapore and Mexico and France and Dubai and, and elsewhere. 
And one other way we're trying to lead the industry globally is by licensing other organizations who want to carry the Big C banner and mission in their local communities. We refer to this model as the affiliate program. Currently, we've got three affiliates uh, on board, Bixie South Pacific, which is headquartered in Melbourne, Australia, covering uh, many of the South Pacific islands, including New Zealand. We also have Bixie Japan, which is based in Tokyo, covering all of J Japan. And then India, Bixie India is headquartered in Bangalore, and they, they cover the whole country of, of India. So each of these affiliates delivers uh, Bixie's content and our other industry information that's relevant to the unique needs of the local ICT professionals and adapted in some cases to the local language and culture. So it's a great program and it's expanding. We're already in conversations with several other companies and other countries. Uh, however, uh, another example of how Bixie is helping to solve the future uh, through collaboration with a number of those is with a number of other associations through organized coalitions. One of these coalitions is really just getting started. It's called Tomorrow's Workforce Coalition, and it advocates for economic development policy that would strengthen the workforce now and in the future. So specifically, this coalition is working to build support for bipartisan legislation, and, and they're, they're right now focused on Senate Bill 722 and HR Bill 1477 that would expand qualified expenses under 529 savings plans, which would include post-secondary training and credentialing programs like licenses and non-governmental certifications. It would also provide valuable tax advantage resources to more workers who are looking to pursue career growth or wanting to make a mid-career change or just looking for a new alternate uh, alternative career pathway. So this coalition uh, which we're participating in was established by another coalition we participate in called the Professional Certification Coalition. And that coalition addresses legislation that affects professional certification programs or those who hold uh, professional credentials and, and the many other constituencies that rely on professional certification programs. There's a third one that we participate in, and it's called the Connected Technologies Industry Consortium. Lately, this group has been busy addressing various state and municipal level licensing and permitting issues that are directed at limited energy work, which is, you know, square in our backyard, right? So in the not too distant past, though, one of our Big C volunteers actually testified in the Maryland State Committee hearing, which ended with the proposed legislation being sent back for a rewrite. So that was a success there. Wow. If it's okay, I'd like to mention one other really important uh, sure, effort that's underway, and it involves the Department of Labor uh, Occupational Information Network, or the ONET. So the Department of Labor reached out to us and invited us to, uh, once again, uh, participate in their update to the Telecommunications Engineering Specialist Job Classification, which Bixie's RCDD has already listed as one of the jobs that fall within that specialty. And talk about Bixie's impact and value to the industry. The ONET is described as the nation's primary and most comprehensive source of occupational data. It's a free resource. Uh, available to millions of job seekers, employers, veterans, educators, students, and, and so on. So if folks want to learn more about that, they just got to go to www.onetonline.org. Um, and then, of course, if you're from Bixie, search on RCDD, and they'll show you where it's classified. Uh, and I told you I was only going to give you one more example, but actually, if you don't mind, I just thought of something else, if you don't. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. So 
one more example that really touches close to home for me. It's related to my active duty military time, and uh, it's for my military colleagues and veterans. I understand, you know, how challenging it can be to transition from military service into a civilian job. They're two, they're two completely different cultures, and at some point, this transition happens, whether whether we're ready for it or not. There's not a single vet that uh, hasn't experienced uh, this transition challenge, if you will. Some of us struggled a little more than others, but I was fortunate to have uh, mentors that recognized this reality early on in my 20-year military career. In fact, when I was a brand-new butter bar, a second lieutenant, I asked my commander, who was a full-bird colonel, what do I need to do to be a colonel like you? And his response has stuck with me to this day, and that was, don't worry about being a colonel. Instead, focus on being the absolute best you can be in the field that you're working in today, and then just let your reputation take you where you want to go from there, right? So that's what I do. That's great advice. And and that's what I tell everybody who asks me how they can become the top boss someday. So I spent the remaining part of my military career and every minute of my second career learning honing my skills, being mentored, engaging in professional associations, and and then any other way I could to just be the best at what I was doing at the time. So this is kind of where Bixie comes in. We participate in the Credentialing Opportunities Online Program, or the COOL program, for each of the military services, which provides active duty members with um, a funding opportunity to get the training and, and credentials they need that's related to their job in the military. And in essence, we're helping U.S. service members get their credentials that they need for high-demand career jobs in ICT outside the military, thus becoming part of the skilled talent pool we were talking about earlier, immediately when they transition into their civilian career. So, uh, I'm again, that program is near and dear to my heart, and, and uh, we do have military members that take advantage of it, and we're going to continue to offer it to, and, and provide that service for as long as we can. So, I think to sum it all up, Mike, uh, what I've mentioned so far is really not an exhaustive list by any means, but it certainly demonstrates how Bixie is laser-focused on its mission to advance the ICT profession in every way we possibly can. Not an exhaustive list. I expected to get some good examples of leadership. There were a lot of great examples there where Bixie is taking a strong leadership position. That's fantastic. I appreciate yeah. you taking the time to go through all of those. That's great. I mean, if Thank that's you. not exhaustive, I, and I'd like to have you back on the podcast again to talk through some of the others that you maybe didn't mention. But <laughs> that's great. Happy that's great. to, yeah. So you did mention uh, the conferences, um, the one in the in the wintertime, usually in Orlando, and then the one that's coming up in the fall. In fact, it's coming up in just a few weeks. Um, yeah. What can you tell me about the the upcoming fall Bixie conference? What What's new? What can people expect? Tell me a little bit about it. Yeah, I'm glad you asked that because there's still time to register for the conference and get involved. Sure. Um, I like to describe the educational part of the conference as one of the things that, that speaks to everything we've already talked about so far in terms of what Bixie's doing. Um, so at this particular conference, we're going to have over 40 different education sessions that cover topics like sustainability and AI and workforce development in addition to all of the typical topics that we cover like POE and AV and data centers and intelligent buildings and optical fiber and passive optical networks. And, and then, of course, we'll be talking about some new and emerging technologies as well. Uh, 
I know you already know this, or at least I think you do, but just so your audience is aware, Comscope is actually providing two thought leadership presentations as part of the ICT Field Division series on our big stage at the conference. So if you don't mind, I'll talk about those for a second. Sure, um, please. So your colleague, Jennifer Rohrbeck, uh, Comscope's Global Systems Engineer uh, Director, she's going to be talking about developing the next generation workforce. So that'll be one that you want to see. And then you yourself, Mike, you're going to be talking about the latest in building edge infrastructure, which I think is a great topic. And, and I look forward to seeing that. And I have no doubt that you're going to do a great job. Thanks. Yeah. So we got a couple of other field division thought leadership sessions happening, too. The one is um, by uh, is from Christina DeBono and her colleague Joe Perez from the Sustainability and AV Association. They call themselves SAVE. They're going to be talking about controlling electronic waste. And then the last field division session is going to be from Matthew Walsh. He's the research director at Lightcast. He's going to be providing some market intelligence uh, information and data on uh, current workforce trends. So we're looking forward to all of those. But beyond the education part, I have to talk about our exhibit hall. Uh, you know, we're going to have an exhibit hall full of companies ready to share their solutions with several of them um, planning to provide what we call what's new, what's it do presentations. So these are five minute lightning rounds on their new products that they're bringing to market. And then, uh, of course, networking is also a major highlight of the conference. We'll have a couple of receptions, one for the emerging professionals and students community. And then we're going to have one for the women in Bixie community, which is very active. And then uh, there's, in addition to those networking receptions, we're going to have a couple of over just general networking sessions in the exhibit hall on Monday and Tuesday evening. There, there's so much happening. It's impossible to list it all here. But, you know, the last thing I will mention, I guess, uh, is uh, Bixie Cares. Uh, Bixie Cares is where we take donations for a local children's charity where we're holding the conference. And this year we're, we're collecting for Jeremy's Thoughtful Thermal Foundation. Uh, and that's all I'm going to say about that because you'll have to attend the conference or go online and donate nice. to find out more about this particular organization. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. So this has been a lot of great information. How can people find out more information? Yeah, there's a number of ways, Mike, that people can can get information on everything we've talked about so far. The best place to start is really by going to bixi.org, B-I-C-S-I dot O-R-G. Uh, and, okay. and that's where they could start too when they, if they want to register for the upcoming conference. It's right there in you know big graphics, uh, if you will. Click on the link and it'll take them to the to the um, conference website where they can register and check out the program and see who's exhibiting and, and all of that. Um, but that's one place where they could go and get involved. You know, there's also a number of other events to consider for them to get involved in. And whether it's, you know, one of our global events or a local forum nearby, uh, just we just want them to get, uh, to get involved. And that's, you know, I think I'll end this by saying, you know, finally, if you really do want to get involved, raise your hand. Uh, I talked about volunteers a lot earlier and how important they are. And they're the ones that are really doing the work, answering the challenges that we talked about. But at Bixie, there's plenty of volunteer opportunities uh, on one of our many volunteer groups with Bixie Cares or even with uh, one of our affiliates. If you live in, in you know Japan or India or somewhere in the South Pacific, reach out to the affiliate, raise your hand and get involved. Uh, and that's the best way to 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 learn about Bixie as well as make an impact. That's great. Okay. So this has been a great conversation, John. Thank you so much for making the time to do this. I really appreciate it. 
Yeah, thank you, Mike. I, I appreciate you for reaching out and, and inviting us to participate in, in the podcast. And I thank Comscope for all the support that they provided to Big C and, and the two thought leadership sessions that you and, and your colleague are going to be presenting at the co- upcoming conference. It won't be the first and I suspect it won't be the last. So thank you very much. Thank you to Comscope uh, and to your audience. Hope to see you at the conference. Looking forward to it. Thank you, John. And thank you for joining us. For more information, please visit Bixie.org. Send comments and questions about this podcast to Comscope Crosstalk at Comscope.com. My name is Mike Reardon, and this has been Comscope Crosstalk.